Very warm welcome to everyone worshipping here this morning and to those watching online as well. It's good to come together to worship the living and the true God. And let's do that as we sing our opening praise. It's words from Psalm 96a and sing psalms. We sing verses 1 to 9 to God's praise. together in prayer let's pray our gracious God we bow in your presence and we give thanks to you that we can come together to worship the living and the true God thank you for this awesome privilege that you have given to us may we not take it lightly we ask that we would know why we're here and what we're doing We're in the presence of the King of Kings, 
one who is Lord of Lords and we've come to worship you. We ask that all distractions would be kept away. We ask that our focus would be fully on yourself. And we pray that you would help us to do that. You have called us together to worship. You've called us to worship in spirit and in truth. We need your help. And we ask for your grace and your strength to worship aright. Thank you for everyone who has gathered here today and others who are watching online as well. We pray that together we would experience God in a, a new and in a living way. We ask that we would be conscious of the Spirit's power at work in our hearts. As we come together, may we come with expectancy because we come to the King of Kings. We come to the living Word of God. So help us to come, to draw near to God and that God would draw near to us. So we pray that our worship would be acceptable in your sight and all that we do would be glorifying to your great and worthy name. And that you would together help us to hear what you have to say to us through your word. Thank you for all the young people. And we pray that you would bless and encourage them. That they would grow to walk in the paths of righteousness all the days of their lives. And as we share from your word together this day, may you be pleased to speak to us. We ask that you would wash us and cleanse us from sin. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. just wanted to share a true story with the younger people. It's good to see a number of young people here today. It's a true story. It's actually about my mother. My mother's in heaven with Jesus now, rejoicing there. But we, we were brought up on a little croft up in a place called Rogert. And my mother always loved going out and looking after the sheep, especially at lambing time. She just loved getting involved and hands-on. She, she just loved that. Well, this obviously didn't happen at lambing time because it was a dark night. And she went out, out behind the house where we lived and went up a path and over some rough ground, crossed a little stone bridge over a burn. And there was a, just a hill at the back of the house she was starting to climb up that hill to go out and check on his sheep. So with her she had the torch and she had the dog. And as she started just climbing up this little hill, she slipped and she fell. And what happened when she fell was the torch went out. And so it was pitch dark. And she was getting on a bit in years by this time. And she was quite shaken up. No street lights in Rogart. Pitch dark. How would she get back down to the house? No torch. So then she thought, she reached out and she just caught hold of the collar of the collie dog. And together, holding on to the collar of the dog, the dog actually took her, led her, safely back down to the house. As I was thinking about that story, what a wonderful illustration it gives for us, doesn't it? Because we have all fallen, haven't we? 
doesn't matter how young we are or how old we're we've fallen but we're, and that's what the Bible describes as we've sinned we've fallen but isn't it wonderful in the gospel that there is a way up and that is by reaching out and trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ our saviour that we can know Jesus Christ as our saviour not reaching out the collie dog was a great support to my mother just helped her back safely back to the house and you know the wonderful thing is boys and girls and others as well that if you don't know Jesus Christ as your saviour you're, 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 you're fallen You've, you're still fallen you, you, we have sinned and we can't get to heaven because of our sin but there is a way and Jesus has made that way and it doesn't matter how young you are you can reach out to Jesus and ask him to forgive you you can reach out to Jesus and ask him to be your saviour your saviour from sin and he can be your guide as you seek to follow him all the days of your life and the wonderful thing is this I, I believe that my mother was holding quite tight onto the collar of the dog but it's not so much your grip on Jesus that will take you safely home but it's when you trust in him it's his grip on you that will take you safely home how important it is to reach out to trust Jesus to know our sins forgiven and to know this wonderful gift of eternal life and to have all the promises that are in his word that he will guide us safely home in John 10, 27 and 28 it says my sheep hear my voice I know them and they follow me I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand we're going to sing again this time words from Psalm 25 in the Scottish Psalter Psalm 25 verses 1 to 5 <coughs>
going to read now from God's Word from the book of Acts and chapter 3. The book of Acts and chapter 3. And we'll read from the beginning down to the end of verse marked 16. <coughs> Acts chapter 3 from the beginning. Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a man lame from birth was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, that is called the beautiful gate, to ask alms of those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. And Peter directed his gaze at him, asked at John, and said, Look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. He took him by the right hand and raised him up, and immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk, and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God, and recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple, asking for alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. While he clung to Peter and John, all the people, utterly astounded, ran together to them in the portico called Solomon's. And when Peter saw it, he addressed the people, Men of Israel, why do you wonder at this? Or why do you stare at us? As though by our own power or piety we have made him walk. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered over and denied in the presence of Pilate, when he had decided to release him. But you denied the Holy and Righteous One, and asked for a murderer to be granted to you, and you killed the author of life, whom God raised from the dead. To this we are witnesses, and his name, by faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know. And the faith that is through Jesus has given the man this perfect health in the presence of you all. Amen. And we know that God will bless the reading of his word to us. Let's again unite in, in prayer. Our gracious God, we continue to worship in prayer and praise and in the reading of your word we thank you that we can know that we're not alone when we come we thank you that when your people are gathered together that you're you're here what a wonderful promise that is we ask that we'd be conscious of that because we're very conscious that of ourselves we're not able to to do what 
we're called to do. We're not able to do it of ourselves. We're not able to speak. We're not able to hear without your help. And so we look to you, O God, that you would help us. We thank you for all who will gather today around your word. Thank you for all of your servants who will preach faithfully your truth. And we pray that as the word goes forth, that it will go forth with power and with authority. And that many might be touched and changed. We do pray, O Lord, for your help for people who are especially struggling with with loss in these days. We pray, O Lord, for the, the minister here and we pray for his sister and their family. We ask, O God, for the whole of the family at this time due to this sad and sudden loss. Lord, we we bring them to you and we ask that in their time of need, in the pain that they would experience, just a great portion of your comfort and of your grace. We pray for the funeral service tomorrow that that indeed would be a time of, of comfort and help and strength that would come through your word. We know, Lord, at times like these, it's who can we come to, who can we turn to, who really understands, but you do. And we thank you that we can come to you. And we pray, O Lord, for others who will be suffering in similar ways. And we ask that this, the, the loneliness of loss, that you would fill that void and that you would be the one who is the carer and the keeper of Israel, that they would know this God very near. We pray for any who are not well, who perhaps received news that's difficult to bear. We pray that you would comfort, that you would give grace and strength and help in time of need. We pray, O Lord, for situations throughout the world where there is much trouble and turmoil. We think of the ongoing situation in Ukraine and it's easy to in the passage of time to forget about what's going on and not to remember to pray for so many people struggling and going through such hardship there. Your own people we ask for them that you would help them through these difficult days and we pray for an end to this War and an end to all this needless destruction. We pray for your people who are persecuted, many imprisoned, many going through serious trials and struggles and difficulties, many badly mistreated because of their love for you. And we pray for them that you would help them. We pray for the word, the gospel, as it goes forth. We pray for our own land. We live in such a needy land. Such a, a, an evil day. A day when we have gone so far from what you have intended us to be as a nation. Righteousness alone will exalt a nation. But Lord, we have wandered far from the truth. 
And we pray for restoring, we pray for reviving. We pray for a renewing of the, the word of God to come. And we pray that we would be led and governed by your truth. So help us then, help those in government, help those in authority, that they would be stopped in their tracks as it were, as many seem to want us to, t- to take this nation on an evil route. But we pray, O oh Lord, for a turning. We pray for a turning from immor- immorality to serving you, the living and the true God. So help us, we ask you. Forgive us, we pray. Have mercy upon us. Touch us then afresh, we ask. Continue to bless this time together. We ask it in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. We're going to sing once again. This time words from Psalm 62. Psalm 62 verses 5 to 8. with you to this passage that we've read from Acts chapter 3 and with God's help look at some thoughts from this passage about the lame a beggar who was brought to the gate of the, the temple day by day he was at the gate but he was never going in 
and wonder how many people there are many people in that same situation spiritually and it's not a good place to be this man was carried because of a a physical disability he was lame so he was carried to the temple gate every day but that's as far as he got he was lame and I just wonder if there's someone and you're like that spiritually you're at the, you're at the gate as it were You've never gone in. You've never experienced the amazing gift of eternal life that comes through faith in Jesus Christ. And that's what I want to think about just very simply for a little while today. It's been at the gate. Perhaps close as it were in in some ways. But never gone in. Think about first of all this man. He was a poor man. But what life, when you think about characters in the Bible, it's good to stop sometimes and think, well, what would life be like for someone like this? And we can use our imagination a little bit, I'm sure. That's okay. But there would have been others. He wouldn't have just been on, on his own in this position because it was normal in these days for people who were lame with disabilities to be brought to the temple gate people who couldn't work and those who were going up to the temple like Peter and John were and others they would have given them money to help them to make life a little bit better for them and that's how it worked in these days but I suppose it very much depended on the day how this man got on he would have had good days I'm sure and probably days that weren't so good we know about that don't we we could all identify with that days when he did well and the times of prayer at the temple there were, there were three times there was the, the third hour which was 9am there was the sixth hour which was 12 noon And there was the ninth hour, which was 3 p.m. And it was the custom of Jewish worshippers to go up to the temple to pray. So we're told here that the hour of prayer was the ninth hour. So that's 3 p.m. And you can imagine those carrying the man up and just leaving him there at the gate. Maybe saying, well, have a good day. We say that to somebody, we say that to our son Daniel, he's leaving for work, and we say, well, you have a, have a good day today, have a good day. I'm sure we've said that often, haven't we? Maybe they're saying this man had a good day, and maybe when they came back, they might say to him, well, how did it go today? That's quite normal, isn't it? How did it go? And how it went would very much depend on what he received from those who were going up to the temple depended very much on outward circumstances you see the needs of his life would really be 
be met with, with money, with, with help. Or putting it another way, there are many people and the needs of their lives are satisfied with the things of the world. And we keep going out and we, we keep looking for more as it were. And the, these outward things will they'll satisfy, yes, for, for a short time. But we still need to go out the next day and out the next day because our lives will never be satisfied with the things of this world. At the gate, as it were, but never going in. And of course, the, as this man had a physical disability, he was lame. We all have a, a spiritual disability, and that is our sin. And sin keeps us out. Sin separates us from God. The Bible tells us that. Wonder spiritually what what might it look like to be in a position like this? Well, we might be someone who who comes along regularly to church. Maybe someone who watches, listens regularly on the live stream. Perhaps even enjoying being part of the service in this way. Singing the Psalms. Remember when I was a young boy, before I was ever converted, I always loved singing. And I loved singing the Psalms. Perhaps people enjoy even hearing the Word of God preached. And so on, rubbing shoulders with those who are already God's children. There's people like that, but good people as it were, in that sense. We could say sometimes they could be described as religious people. <clears throat> On the face of things, even looked, even looking like those who are true believers. In many ways, doing what they do. Perhaps even involved in the, the things of the church and helping, which is great and I'm sure really appreciated. But, whether you can have all of that, but still have one thing, the vital part missing, it's just not there. That's what Paul said. That vital part indeed is Jesus. He said, indeed, I count everything as lost because of the surpassing, surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For, the, for his sake I have suffered loss, the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish, in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ. The righteousness that comes from God depends on faith, that I might know him, and the power of his resurrection. And may share his sufferings. Becoming like him in his death. That by any means possible I may attain the resurrection of the dead. You see that's the difference. Because we can do and be involved. And we can do all of the, these things on our own. But with Jesus when we come to know him, when we have faith in his name, what a difference 
that makes. And without Jesus, without that living relationship through faith in Jesus Christ, knowing Him, it's just like the poor man at the gate, depending on the things of the world, which can never satisfy the need of, the, of your soul. Poor man. But I also want to look secondly that this poor man was also, he was a privileged man. For this lame man, here's another day. Similar routine. Carried and laid at the temple gate. Maybe we can get into a routine. Oh, this is what we do on a Sunday. We go along to church. And we have an hour here. And that's what we do. And then we go home. And I wonder how many times have we done that. And it's like a routine. And we don't come with any real sense of expectancy. We don't come with any real sense that we're coming into the, the presence of the King. The one who is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. The one whose name we come to is the name that has authority over all things. The creator of the ends of the earth. We're coming to his name. It should never be a routine. But should, we should come prayerfully. We should come with expectancy into the presence of the king. You see, for this man it was just another day. But something happened. You see, two men approached. They were Peter and John. We don't know if they had passed there before. Maybe not. Maybe this was, was two new faces to them. And the hour of prayer was 3 p.m. And this man asks them. They say, here's, here's two men coming. Maybe they were new. We hadn't seen them before. And he's asking them for money, for alms. This man is in need. He needs money. See, this will not cure his disability. It will ease things for a bit for him. But then he'll have to come back for more. And he'll have to come back for more. And he'll have to come back for more. It's not getting into the depths of his need. It's easing the situation. And maybe that's for, for, for someone. You get a comfort out of coming along to church. You get a comfort out of perhaps singing the praises. You get a comfort out of hearing the word read and, and, and preached. But it's, your, your greatest need has never yet been met. Now greatest need is Jesus. And it doesn't matter how much money this man gets. All the money in the world can't cure his greatest need. But this day is a different day for him. Because something happens. You see he has an encounter with the living God. I wonder can you go back to a time in your life doesn't matter if it's a day or if it's over a period of time that you can go back to a time in your life and you say well that's when I met with Jesus Christ as my saviour I couldn't just put a, a finger on the exact time that doesn't matter 
But what does matter is that you can say today, I know Jesus Christ is my Savior. I, my, my trust is in Him. I, I know Him. He has, he's come into my life and He's forgiven me for all of my sins. He's washed and cleansed me in His precious blood. An encounter through faith in Jesus Christ. You see, this man, his greatest need was met. And Peter and John, when they went to the man, and the man's looking for arms, and they said, Look at us. You see, the gospel demands our attention. The gospel demands our attention. Look at us. And he must have thought, Oh, I'm going to be getting some money here. Expecting, that's what we read in verse 5, he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. I have have no money to give. But money will not meet your need. But I have something much, much better and of much greater importance. You see, what you think you need is not what you really need. You need Jesus. The name of Jesus. The name of Jesus we read in Matthew 20:18, And Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. In Philippians 2.9 we read, Therefore God has exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And it's only through his name, his great and mighty name, will your greatest need be met. That your sin can be forgiven. That this man's disability could be restored. And they took him by the right hand and raised him up and immediately his feet and his ankles were made strong. And leaping up he stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them walking and leaping and praising God. And that brings us to our third point is here we have a changed man with a poor man. He's just there by the, the temple gate begging. But a privileged man it is confronted with the truth, the gospel. And you know, my friends, if you're in the habit of coming here every week, if you're in the habit of watching online, you are privileged people. Because I know that you're confronted with the gospel, the truth of God's word week by week. And it's easy to take that for granted. But we never should. I travel with my work throughout the highlands and islands. Seeking to proclaim this glorious truth. And I could take you to places today. Where once the, 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 the name of Jesus was made known. And the gospel was proclaimed and people responded to it by faith. 
when today there's very, very little. Never take it for granted. But if we have the privilege of sitting under the truth week by week, we're a privileged people. And we should always thank God for that. I want to think a changed man. You see, now it's different. Because of a day when two men came along and showed him a better way. Brought to him the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's no longer sitting at the gate. But we're told that he entered the temple with them. And he's walking. And he's leaping. And he's praising God. And there's much reason to do that. And of course, what made the difference was an encounter with the living and the true God. That's what made the difference in this man's life. Was it? And the people were amazed. And they were looking at Peter and John. Was it with some unusual power that Peter and John had released to this man? No, not at all. It was Jesus. It was the name of Jesus. It was his power. We we read that in verse 12. And when Peter saw it, he addressed the people. Men of Israel, why do you wonder at this? Or why do you stare at us? As though by our own power or piety we have made them walk. And his name... By faith in his name, verse 16, has made this man strong, whom you see and know. And the faith that is through Jesus has given the man this perfect health in the presence of you all. Faith in his name. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. But we would need to say that there was a work going on in this man's life. We'd also have to say that surely the Holy Spirit had directed Peter and John to this man. There were others there. No doubt others were brought along who couldn't work, who were begging. But yet they were brought to this man. God's amazing grace working in, the, in this man's life. That truly is amazing. Not deserving it. But yet, God is so good. And God is so gracious. That a poor, lame beggar at the temple gate. These two men of God, Peter and John, came along. And brought to him the truth. And God enabled the man eh, to have faith to believe. You see, that's the thing. God will draw us to himself. And when God draws us to him, he gives us the faith to believe. And he has the power to save. Would we not come? Finally, just by way of application, I wonder, is there anyone still at the gate? Still at the gate. Perhaps you've been to many gospel meetings, many services where you've heard the gospel. Many times you've sat under the word, but you've never gone in. You're like the lame man. And if I could ask you today, what's keeping you back?
Why? What's keeping you back? You mightn't, you mightn't even be able to tell me. You mightn't even know what's keeping you back. Friends, there's, there's a very solemn verse in Hebrews 2 at verse 3. It says, How shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? How shall we escape if we neglect, just neglect? Neglect is just not doing anything about it. Yes, you're hearing. Many, many times perhaps you've heard. But you're neglecting this great salvation. You think about you get a new car. You don't need to go around with a big 15 pound hammer smashing it to bits to destroy it. Just neglect it. It'll probably run for a, a long, long time. But neglect it. And you see, there's probably, after time, there's lights will start to flash on the dash. Maybe the, it runs a bit low of oil and there's an oil light. But how you just neglect it. You don't bother. And eventually, one day, that car will stop because you've neglected it. You haven't bothered servicing it, caring for it, looking after it. You've just driven it. And you know we can be a bit like that with our own souls. The part of us that will never die. That we will face the great judge of all one day to give an account. As a privileged person who sat under the word, who's listened to the word, perhaps who has often been prayed for, but you're neglecting it and you're still at the gate and you've never gone in. And we say, why? Why would you neglect such a great salvation? There's no escape without Jesus in your life. It says in John 3.36, Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life. But the wrath of God remains on him. This man, it was, it was a new day. He went in to Jesus. He, Jesus said, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. I just think in closing, my father-in-law, he's uh, gone now, he's in glory, praise the Lord, but for many, many years, he was at the gate. A good man in many, many ways, a kind man, regular church attender, and all of that. But at the gate, he never went in. But then one day, a, 
a minister came and visiting him, visited him and he seemingly told them what he had to do and this minister said to him Martin what you need to do is you need to go into your room and close the door and pray God be merciful to me a sinner and seemingly he did that and he would have said that he knew something changed in his life at that time but he never told anyone none of us knew then he was diagnosed with cancer and had a very short time to live and of course we were concerned above everything else about his soul and there was much prayer as you can imagine not just then but for many years for him an elder from the church visited him and spoke to him about his soul and Martin told him the story about the minister telling him what he had to do and he says I did that I went into my room and I closed the door and I prayed God be merciful to me a sinner and he says I, I, I know that something something happened to me that day and the elder said well that's it then and it's just through telling that, that the light had dawned on him and his next words were I'm saved I'm saved and the elder said you better phone tell Catherine that's my wife well you can imagine what that phone call was like and just a week or two after that he was in glory you see that's what made the difference that's what made the difference sitting at the gate but never gone in you see in Romans 10 and 9 we read because if you confess with your mouth he had never done that that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead you will be saved and yes it was also sad when he passed away but we were all so grateful to God that he was saved and my friend if you're not saved you're like the lame man you're just you're at the gate and you've gone no further I want to say today there's a wonderful saviour Jesus who's calling you to come who's calling you to himself and there's a door that is open that you can go in and it's that Calvary's cross is where you begin when you come as a sinner to Jesus.
Don't find yourself at the gate. But find yourself in Him. Knowing Him. Trusting in Him. And you might say, well, yes, I really want that. I, I would really love that in my life, but what do I do? How, how do I get there? Well, the Bible makes it very clear. You see, just do what the Bible says. Ask, and you will receive. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened. Ask, and you will receive. May God bless his word. Lord, we do thank you for your word, and we pray that you would bless your word to us. We ask for any today who have never received the greatest gift of all, the gift of the Lord Jesus Christ. Ah, we pray, Lord, that they would not be found like the lame man just at the gate and going no further, but they might be like him, walking and leaping and spiritually praising God because they have met with the Lord Jesus Christ. Your, your name, your great name has become known to them. And it's through that name, by faith in your name, that we will be made well, spiritually well, forgiven. Oh Lord, we thank you that when we come, you are able. Thank you that when we come, you have the power to save. We pray that we would not be putting it off, but that we would come and come afresh to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing in closing words from the Sing Psalms version of Psalm 130. Lord, from the depths I call to you, Lord, hear me from on high and give attention to my voice when I for mercy cry. <coughs>
And now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.